So today I'm talking with Chris Knight, who runs Ezine Articles. Chris is based in near Chicago. Chris, can you tell me which city? Uh, northeast Wisconsin, uh, near Green Bay. Um, which is actually, I went to college in Michigan State, so we were actually, um, I lived in Lansing for quite a few years. Um, so you, you eat a lot of cheese, and um, it's very relaxed up there. And Chris, uh, maybe you can come on and tell us a little bit about uh, Ezine Articles and what you've been doing. I, I, I like to joke that we live in Silicon Cheese Valley uh, because there isn't a whole lot of technology where, where we're based, but uh, we're in the Midwest, and uh, we have a great college-educated workforce, a great work ethic. So the business began in November of 1999, uh, back uh, when this was like pre-Internet boom. Do you remember the Internet boom and bust that happened in the late 1990s and then uh, 2002? Uh, and then, so what we were doing back then is we were aggregating websites that were providing value to email newsletter publishers or ezine publishers. And so ezinearticles.com was originally designed to be a matching service between email newsletter publishers uh, who need supplemental content that they can run in their newsletter free of charge, and then experts in every walk of life, every business and non-business niche. And so and that continues to be at the focus of easinarticles.com today is to be that matching service between email newsletter publishers or webmasters and experts in now 700 different niche markets, 70 to 100,000 different topics, uh, and there's millions of articles. And a person can come to our site and uh, ethically, legally, and per the license, take up to 25 articles per site per year to use and run with to their newsletter audience or to their website. And the benefit, of course, for doing that is that the, the expert gets exposure to a uh, like-minded niche market who might want that content. So that they get exposure uh, in exchange for their content and traffic back to their website. So that, that's briefly what, what it is. We're in our, let's see, what is our 11th year now, uh, since 1999. Uh, and the, the, site, the whole site was actually rebuilt in August of 2004. So actually, we just had our, our relaunch anniversary uh, because that was a day when the previous model to the website was, this is something that you almost never want to share because you, you, we, we don't want our members to ever fear that we're going to scrap the project or change the project dramatically. Uh, but in the early days, you used to have to uh, give up your email. Like our users, our, our daily visitors to the website, they would have to give up their email address in order to see the full article. And that's just like, in, you know, in this time, that, that's crazy talk. Like no one was, you shouldn't have to do that. So we thought that was kind of, the original model worked back then, but didn't didn't work anymore in, in these times. So that's when we went to the full article uh, where you didn't have to give up your email address to see it. And of course, we went from 4,500 visitors per month in uh, July of 2004 to uh, right now, it takes us five minutes and 40 seconds on the first day of the month to reach 4,500 visitors. <laughs> okay, so we... I don't, I don't think I understand what you mean there. It, it, okay, so in the entire month it, of July of 2004, we had 4,500 visitors come to the site. We now have 4,500 visitors come to our site in the first five minutes and 40 seconds of every month. In other words, oh, we, have right. million, we have one million unique visitors a day in excess of that that visit the site every day. Oh, so you guys are doing like 30-plus million uniques a month. Yes, we are. Wow. And okay. there's a great reason that if you want to get your content out there and you want to get exposure to that audience, uh, a lot of people say, you know, get your, get your content in front of the traffic bus, you know, that, uh, and, and we've got that platform uh, that makes it possible to get that exposure. So, yeah, so that, that, that's the yeah, that, That's like your, your core thing. I mean, is it, is it so much about – because I hadn't – you know, and as I was hearing you saying just now, like e-zine articles, yes. I hadn't actually really thought about e-zine articles as something. I mean, I don't even like think of an e-zine anymore as like because that's kind of like a dated term. And I hadn't even registered in my head that I would anyone would go and copy your articles and run them in a newsletter. I, I just kind of, I guess I hadn't really thought that through. But I was, I basically just looked at you, you guys, as like a, a place where articles just get published. Sure, and is from magazines, so you could think of us as a magazine with 700 different niche topics, okay? So that's that's one way. In fact, when we first started out, uh, we didn't, we had no idea that we would be here today. This wasn't, uh, this wasn't the grand plan. Uh, however, it was kind of like you throw a lot of stuff against the wall, and we've, uh, you know, everyone's, if you're an entrepreneur or a business, you, you do that. 
uh, and you innovate like mad, but then some things just don't stick. Uh, and when those things don't stick, well, then you, you scrap those and you put your attention on the things that do stick. And, and uh, EasyOrticles.com was just one of those projects that, even when it was only 4,500 visitors a month back in 2004, we thought, hey, here's a site that's getting traction without a lot, with not a lot of effort. What happens if we pour on hundreds, then thousands, then tens of thousands, and then you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of, of labor hours into it to make it into what it is today? So. So you were actually doing a bunch of businesses. You were trying a bunch of things at once, and then this one was working better, quickly, quicker, was it? Right. The previous business I was in was uh, an email newsletter hosting company where we did permission-based email newsletter hosting for businesses, and that was uh, sold in 2002. And so my, my background is actually technology, uh, is actually Internet service. We were an Internet service provider in the late 1990s, uh, and so web hosting. We had a web hosting company back then, and a lot of technology stuff, uh, and then I got interested in media because it seemed it seemed like we should be at the intersection of technology and media because that because if, like here's a good example we were actually a fee based service in the very early days in 2004 and part of 2005 we were fee based where you you had to pay us money to give us your content and we were we were actually doing pretty well at that, that time we were doing I think just as the business was launching it was like a six figure revenue and and we were we were happy with that however. Uh, it was limiting who had access to us. It was limiting who could really participate in it all. And so the the next big milestone of growth came after we we made the site free. We said, okay, we're going to cannibalize and forget about this revenue and see if we can't make contextual advertising. Well, just just before we go down that path, can you just tell me, so, you, I mean, it was really clear at the beginning. I mean, what was it like? Was it literally like two to three months in, like, okay, this this is different to the other stuff that I've been doing? Uh, it, it was like the you know what every once in a while the stars line up, <laughs> uh, and this was one where in, if you can work your think back to 2000 the middle the middle of last this past decade uh, before WordPress before movable type before web based interfaces came to um, website publishing we actually had a web based interface where our members could uh, submit an article to us have it human approved faster than they could figure out how to upload it to their own website because making your website work was extremely frustrating uh, five years ago because web-based interface. But, but so, to, like, just I really want to, like, drill down this question because I think this is something really, really important. What time frame was it absolutely crystal clear that Ezine Articles was going to be much better than the other stuff you've been working on? How long did that take from start to when you're like, okay, this is better? Uh, about six months into the relaunch. Probably December, January of 2005, after we, after we went from fee to free. So it was when you made the. So, but you so you had worked, you did persevere in it for a couple of years, and then oh, yeah. and then it became clear afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It was from 2001 through 2004 that we really didn't pour a whole lot of effort into it because we were focused on too many other things. Uh, but it, it was also at the same time that contextual advertising was just beginning to start off, where where. Previously, imagine this. So, if we if we did oh, so it was like it was there as an asset, and then it started, and then the, then the other stuff caught up, like the monetization caught up, so that you could actually do something with it. Well, how do you monetize an article on something something long tail, something really esoteric? Yeah. Uh, and and you, if you're in, for, uh, imagine if we had to have 700 different niche market ad, ad salespeople, <laughs> uh, and, and that team would just be huge, and, and it'd be awfully difficult to find someone who to purchase $100,000 worth of advertising for. For cricket, for example, as a category, and we just we just couldn't do it because we don't have the traffic for it. But we do have traffic. You know, the contextual advertising made the model work, uh, and then and then that's evolved into uh, today. It's now geo-targeted. It's also time day parted. It's also uh, it's extremely efficient uh, at matching up, making sure that the ads are relevant to the content. However, uh, what's also amazing to me is that. Even though the bulk of the ads are above the fold, and that the uh, our members get their their links below the fold, the links below the fold still continue to perform in excess uh, in terms of click-through rate than a lot of the ads. Which and I think that speaks to the uh, the internet marketing industry, which has taught us all that if you want to get the goods, you have to scroll down to the bottom of the sales letter page to to uh, learn more. Uh, and so the the average member on our site gets between a a uh, 2% to a 12% click-through rate, and we deliver on a daily basis just a little over 200,000 uh, clicks 
uh, for free to our members. And that's the, uh, what we think is a motivation for why they submit content. Mm. Besides wanting to get more exposure and traffic back to every, everybody who has a website has the same problem. We all need traffic in order to make our internet businesses work. Uh, and so that's really the, the, the niche that we're trying to fill. We're trying to deliver that high value traffic. But right. Once someone's read your article, uh, and, and they've seen Adrian and w- w- what he can do, uh, and what his expertise is, well then, when they visit your website, they're already warmed up to you. They already know something about you. They've, you've already shared part of your gift or your benefit, your skill with them. Uh, and deliver it value first. So the whole reciprocation cycle is in the positive already before they. Right. And that's a high. That's a high value visitor. It's, you know, all traffic isn't created equal. So, so you, you you basically you started off doing like general internet marketing stuff, easing articles with one of multiple businesses you were running. You did that from 2001 through to about 2005. By then, contextual advertising had caught up, and then you're like, well, maybe we should put some more effort into this. And then did you basically redefine your other other stuff and focus 100% on easing articles and sell or shut down the other businesses? Slowly, year by year, other, the other sites, uh, some of them are still going. In fact, we integrated some of them into easing articles. Uh, for example, besteasings.com, just an email newsletter directory intertwined into the membership so that if you list your email newsletter in easing articles, it also, it also syndicates to our other site. And in addition, we had other problems that came along, I just call them challenges, a lot of people were sending press releases to us. They didn't get it that we weren't a press release site. <laughs> and so we thought, well, you know what, we can't ignore these hundreds of thousands of press releases that are coming into us, uh, a lot of them high-value press releases. And we created pressexposure.com, and that also is one of our, our sites that uh, is little known, I guess. Uh, but if you submit a press release to us, of course we can't accept it, but we will deflect it to pressexposure.com. So we started building things around this model, and then in 2000. Nine, 2008, uh, I think it was 2008, we launched a premium membership uh, so that we were able to go from free, from fee-based to free-based, and now the freemium model, where it's a combination of, of course, we're free to everyone, uh, and that's, I, I don't think we'll ever change from that model, uh, but those who want a, a extended, they want priority uh, treatment, but not preferential treatment because we can't give editorial, you can't buy our editorial bias. But we will give front of the line, if someone wants their article reviewed faster, if they want uh, member support faster, if they want a uh, senior level person fa- uh, on their account, if they want uh, extended access to our data, our traffic search terms data, so that they can get more insights into producing higher value content that gives them more return on their time. That's our, that's our premium membership. Uh, and so now the business is still primarily advertising, uh, but the, the premium side is also growing. So it's it's kind of like that. I don't think it's quite the same adoption, though, because I think we made a mistake in our early days of the premium membership in that we made it, we made it attractive to less than 2% of our membership, <laughs> meaning the, the power users uh, is who we made it attractive to. We probably should have made it attractive to is the 98%, the uh, um, the ones who are just getting started who need to know more about, need to have their hand held a little bit more, need maybe perhaps some editing assistance or perhaps they need some guidance that, because we're not a... Well, that's your second business model for the side, isn't it? Exactly. And not only that, but you know how in, in business there are really two types of, uh, this is from the Discipline of Market Leaders book uh, by Al Rise and Trout. Uh, where he says, you know, there's either customer intimacy-based business or there's this operationally efficient business. And you can't really be both. You can try, but you really, like, for example, McDonald's or a fast food restaurant, that's an operationally efficient business. And then if you go to a custom tailor who makes a suit for you, custom to your body size and all that, that's a, that would be a customer intimacy-based business. We are, are really an operationally efficient firm. We, we handle on a daily basis 20,000 transactions manually, meaning our humans review every single article twice. Uh, before it goes live, uh, in addition to our, our developer crew and our marketing video educational team, uh, there's an awful lot that we process to the point where we just can't stop and give you a 1,500-word a, a explanation as to why we weren't able to accept your article. Uh, so, so we've kind of automated a lot, yet still pretty hands-on labor-intensive model, which is why I think we haven't there, – there were years where we saw a lot of competitors come. In 2006, I think it was that year – where a whole bunch of people said, hey, I can get rich overnight by competing with easyanarticles.com. I can do their same model. Why can't I? And, and we saw hundreds, not dozens, but hundreds of competitors jump into the market 
And then they found out how much labor it takes to make it work right and how you can't just automate everything. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why we continue to not see. So you have like a big massive team of people reading everything? Uh, we have right now 80 people full-time uh, on the crew, and we have plans for more. So, yeah. Do you have 80 full-time people who read everything that gets posted twice? Yes. Uh, yes. In fact, every article... Why? I mean, it's, you, get the, you get a lot of garbage posted. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's, of course, the challenge. Uh, our web form is designed to... It's designed to continue to deflect uh, derivative content. It's designed to deflect content we wouldn't normally accept. And so we do an awful lot of hard rejection at the front door. But even after that, what we found is that uh, we still need to human review it because the, uh, a human can still make that subjective gray decision that – I think this is amazing. You know, here we are in this time. We've got so much technology available to us, and yet we still can't get our software, our computers, uh, all of this programming talent that we have. And we do have a, a big developer team. We still can't uh, eliminate uh, the human element in reviewing an article. And we're trying, of course. We've got some people assigned to eliminating jobs. Uh, what, what, what are the issues of a review? Is it, is it, is it spam? Like, I mean, what, what, are the, what is the oh. stuff you're getting submitted you don't want? Um, so promotional content um, is, a, is a high one. Uh, everything from uh, people who ride the line on, on certain topics, um, so, like we don't do porn, for example, um, that there's a, an area. Or someone will talk, today someone was talking about weapons, for example, and we'll, we'll accept articles on hunting but not a – not on how to make weapons of destruction. <laughs> uh, or, or an example will be someone will uh, write an article and they'll say, they'll start out their article with, as an expert in yoga, uh, on my website I often say that you should stretch before you, you know, begin your hot yoga workout. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, wait a minute now. <laughs> that person just started off with plugging themselves in their first sentence. That's not really, that's so promotional it turns us off. And so the, the, we have the saying that we say the article body is the give, the resource box, which is below the article body, that's the take. So we want our members to give of themselves freely in that article body of value for the user, value for the member, value for the person reading the article. And then we want them to be able to take you know, or plug themselves, uh, say, yeah, if you'd like to learn more about uh, me, click on my website or download my free report on six ways to – Improve your yoga stance, whatever, or stretching, whatever. It is. I'm still in, in shock that you have 80 full-time people. Are they all based there in, in Wisconsin? Yes. In fact, we've often thought that if we had to uh, – uh, we know we kind of belong. We belong on two coasts. We belong in, in New York for the advertising in New York City, and we also belong in, in San Jose or Silicon Valley for the developer side of the technology platform that we are. And here we are in the middle in the Midwest, United States, uh, and the, the only benefit that we can really extract out of this where we're at, besides a lot of it has to do with family, is that the, we save on an annual basis uh, a significant amount of money versus what we'd have to pay for the same size crew out in, in uh, either coast. So True, I, I, but you're also paying a lot more than if you like, and I mean, you know, I'll just say it because it's going to sound funny, but why not have all that done in China? Good question. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the same reason why uh, in fact, I, I visited China for the first time two years ago, and my experience was that uh, here is 60 million people who can speak perfect English, yet don't have any of the cultural references to the bulk of the content coming into the bulk of our content is English right now. Well, all I mean, we're only English right now. Oh, and so yeah, I mean, because yeah, because the joke is right, China is now becoming the the biggest English-speaking country in the world because they've is, they've yeah. just started like teaching English in their schools. So right, um, and they they speak perfect English, but yet they don't have Saturday Night Live. You know, they don't have our 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 pop culture. They don't quite get the right. when a person makes a joke, they don't get the same for India. Uh, same same thing. You know, it's like the culture is like not it's not our culture. It's not their culture, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it doesn't. We will eventually, when we do have a Mandarin version of the site, then we probably would have, a, uh, maybe we'd have uh, Chinese Americans running. I'm not sure. I just know that right now it's best for us to have the bulk of our company in the Midwest, and then eventually we'll have an ad sales team in, in New York City, and we'll have a, some more developers over in the West Coast so that we can continue to innovate and evolve the model. Hmm. But so your site then, you guys, 
I mean, you're just basically, you, you've gotten really good at SEO and, like, you're good friends with Google and Yahoo or, you know, as good as you can be being a website. And that's it. You, you get your traffic in, the, the people submit their articles, and then you, you provide reporting and results to the, the people who submit articles so they can see where the traffic's coming from. In fact, it, it was uh, one of our goals was to, uh, this is to, going back to 2005 now, in 2005, our, our uh, Google um, delivered traffic was like 92 or 3% of our traffic. And we thought, you know what, this is really dangerous. We can't, we can't do business like this. As much as we appreciated every single referral, and we still do, uh, we, worked, we, we created a plan. It was a multi-year plan, and we said, we've got to figure out a way to attract traffic in order to do, bring the total search engine delivered traffic to, to us to below 50%. And here we are, our, our total search engine traffic delivered to us is below 50% uh, by about a percent. <laughs> so it's like 49%. Uh, and we did that through RSS. We did it through email alerts. Like right now, a person can come to our site, they can find you, and they can subscribe to your alerts, which means let's say you publish an article with us tomorrow. We will send an email tomorrow to anyone who's interested in seeing new articles by Adrian Bai. Uh, and so we do this huge email-based way to drive traffic. In addition, we also have little over 10 million Twitter members that are following our members, and we allow our members to automatically tweet from their account when they have new articles. And so that's that's a significant exposure because that also then syndicates the friend feed and the uh, Facebook and, and different other sites that people syndicate from LinkedIn, for example. So when a person tweets an article, then it then comes back through that path and then comes back to us, and then, which then comes back to them. So we put a lot of effort into getting traffic without the search engine. So as much as we still appreciate them, and we do, it's only half the uh, half the model, half the traffic. And then we of course mm-hmm. database that we have we have terabytes, many many terabytes of data that we store and then deliver that back to our members so that they can see, oh, here's the traffic search terms that are being used to find my articles. Uh, and the biggest innovation that we've had uh, for the first, well, 10 years, nine years of our, our existence, we were, uh, our traffic incoming and our content makeup was really a reflection of the market. It was a ref- reflection of what our members would give us and what we would accept. Uh, and, and that was fine. And we started thinking, you know what? There's, the, the market doesn't always know best as to what to write about. And so even though a small percentage of our members are very SEO or, or they're, they're search engine aware, a large percentage of them really aren't. And we didn't want them to become because once you become too uh, SEO intelligent, you perhaps lose sight of providing value for your end user. Uh, and so we, we created a system where we have full-time people on our team that are, are title writers. And what we do is we, we comb through the tens of terabytes of data of referral logs uh, that shows which keywords and key phrases are being used to find content. We, we correlate that with traffic and what we know from our history. And then we've designed a system that helps accurately predict which article titles will pull the most traffic in the future. And we provide that through our article title suggestion tool for free for all members. Uh, and then they can, they can come to the, the pool, they can put in a search word in their, uh, uh, article title suggestion tool, and they can find out here is uh, uh, five or ten articles that will article titles that we believe if you write an article for will give you a higher percentage of of traffic than if you pick the title yourself. So that's that's actually I mean I've never heard of anything like that before, but that's effectively like a headline generator, is it? Yes. Well, it's a headline generator based. Uh, it's it's all it's, it's statistics based. It's backed by data, by uh, extreme amount of data, and then it's also human reviewed to make sure that. Well, just because someone's searching for this weird stuff, that can't, there's a lot of search terms that wouldn't make a, an appropriate title, which is why we have to then rewrite that data uh, using the knowledge we have based on our traffic. So, and what's happening is that we're, and we've been doing this now for almost not quite a year, um, and we're about to publish, uh, very soon we'll be publishing what the actual differential is. Uh, and I think it's going to, we're going to show significant that we're going, to, we're going to try to prove that you shouldn't make article titles up yourself. You can do that, but we're, we're going to try to prove to you that we know better how to get you a higher return on your time so that if you know you just want to write about uh, uh, entrepreneurship or you want to write about skiing or you want to write about whatever your niche is, we want to, be able to give you a, a, the ability to search our titles and then find and write based on what the, what the market's looking for, based on what they're currently searching for in volume. So it's a, it's a little, there's a higher return on your time because that's really what we're trying to deliver is 
you know, why would you if you can write 10 articles or 100 articles and get uh, a 20% lift or a 5% lift or a 200% lift, why don't you go for the lift? Uh, that's the idea. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because one of the things I have to do with every interview is write out bullets. If I write out my bullets um, for, the, for the interview, that you know, so I'm going to say, like, learn how um, easy articles uh, delivers 200,000 clicks a day plus uh, gets get, receives a million visitors a day and then sends out 200,000 clicks to its, its uh, users every day, right? That, let's say that's one of the headlines, which may in fact become one of the headlines for this interview. Do you have, does your, can your system tell me how to write that better? Uh, no, it's not a content writing tool. Uh, it's not an article writing tool. Uh, it is a tool that just gives you the headline um, based on... But if, that, if that's my headline, is that, can your tool tell me how to write that headline more effectively? Nope. It, it, it would not... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's based on... You know how... Have you seen... A, you know what a search referral log is, right? Like uh, you go to your website yep. and you see which terms are, are finding my website. Uh, well, we've got that drilled down to every single article on millions of articles. And so we, we've aggregated that data. And the article title writing tool that we use, uh, it uses that data to figure out which article titles. We think that the article title determines 95% of the, su the success of how much traffic that article will attract. Mm -hmm. So despite our members who think that keyword density is more important or they think the article length is more important, I think all kinds of things. We, we, we still think it's 95% of the success of the article is the title, and that's why we have five full-time people on the article title writing team. Uh, and, and we've invested in – it's an insane amount of additional servers. Right, so, so if I'm talking – effectively when I'm talking about bullets, I mean an article title. So is, is, will your system help me write article title? Could I use some variant of your system to do a better job writing article titles? Um, no, but that's a good idea. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't do that right now. Uh, it, it, in fact, we, 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 I, think, I think the reason we haven't done that yet, we could do that. The reason we haven't is because software-based articles is um, evil. And so even uh, the, there's a – but yet you're not intending to do evil. So you're really saying, hey, help me write a better article title. Uh, and which Yeah, because, I, I mean, I've just signed up into your system. So – I mean, I'm just looking at this now, like title suggestions. So I want to, let's say, how, how would I use this? So it's asking me for a keyword. So would I say, like, Chris Knight interview, or what would be? Um, let's see, what would that give? I'm going to do it myself right now. Uh, so I go to author tools to title suggestions, and I put in, uh, I don't think Chris Knight would show anything. That's a good question. I've never done that search. All categories. Chris Knight. <laughs> Get your titles. It, it gets none. There are none. Well, what's worse is it didn't tell us. It didn't tell us anything. Let's try something different. Here. Yeah, I'm not getting anything when I try it. Yeah, me either. All right. Looks like a moment of truth issue. <laughs> so well, yeah, time, time happened. So, but the basic. So basically, I the way I would use this to write better bullets, or as you would call them, interview titles uh, or titles, is I would use this tool. I'd type in the keyword. So in this case, key, keywords might be easy in articles. It might be newsletter interview or something like that. And then I would say get your titles, and then you would give me a bunch of suggestions, and I could use those then to write the titles better. Yeah, that that would be the perfect way to use it. Oh well, if that comes up by the end of the interview, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested. To know. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty intriguing. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, and I, I just rattled off a quick IM to our, our developer team, saying, "Hey, <laughs> title tool. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that happens. A, yeah. No. There, there's hundred. Uh, most people think easy articles is just one one." Uh, one 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 server, you know, <laughs> and there's like a, oh, many 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 many. many but you guys have 80 people and a, and a million uniques a day, like that's. Because yeah. okay, here's the thing, right? And this is one of the things I want to ask you about. Firstly, like the positioning. I mean, you, you talked about our reason, Jack Trout, right? They're the, they're the positioning experts. Your positioning to me is you're not about easy an article. I mean, maybe you are, but to me, you're like a website where stuff gets hosted. So you're almost like a Wikipedia, like a, a different style of Wikipedia. Um, 
we can but your the it. naming of the site doesn't reflect that, and also the 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 content on the site. I mean, you know, I'll just be like blunt and, and probably embarrass myself, but it kind of looks a little spammy. Uh, in fact, we've had some people say, "Hey, Chris, why don't you rename the site uh, and go through this elaborate uh, process of of changing the name of the site to reflect something that's more like about.com or more mm-hmm. like uh, eHow or more like something that's." Uh, uh, yeah, because you are kind of like demand media, aren't you? You're doing like a slightly different take on what demand media does. Yeah. Uh, the, the main difference between us and them is that they own the content in most of their stuff, uh, whereas we don't take ownership of the content. Uh, and But we do have a very similar very similar business model, uh, very similar to them as well as internetbrands.com. Um, the, the, their crew is very similar. Uh, in fact, we think we think we compete with, like because we're, we were the number one in our niche, as we previously had defined it. Uh, if you, in fact, we don't even like the term article directory because that's how some people say that's what you are. You're an article directory. It's like, well, we're really about creating value for both sides of the equation, and more so we're trying to provide value, not as much for easy and publishers as, as we originally did, but trying to provide value for the members because our, our 300,000 members in these 700 different niche markets they are who drives the site in terms of content, and so we kind of, we think we serve them first and foremost. Uh, and so we've got to make sure that they're getting that 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 high value click, the high value traffic in exchange for their time. Otherwise, they won't continue to increase the amount of time that they spend submitting content. Uh, but the name does not reflect. Uh, in fact, that's one of the reasons why we, if you go through the whole site, you're going to find the logo changes in every category. Uh, we, were, we were trying to theme out the site so that we didn't want to do subdirectories um, or with any um, like a subsite for each niche, but we, we wanted to somehow say, hey, if you land here in the uh, golf section, you're going to find a logo that looks like golf, and the, the rest of the category looks like that, and you're kind of like in in the golf place. Uh, but it's not. It's still. I think the majority of our members. I think you're right. I think the majority of our member. Or, sorry, the majority of our users, the million people who come every day, they have no idea. Uh, the name of the site that they're on, they don't know. They, they don't know really. <laughs> they just know the content they came for, and and that's it. I, I don't think that they remember the brand on the way out or the way in. Very few people actually type in, uh, our site in. So, is there a reason why you don't? I mean, I, I get that your members are the most important, and obviously they are critical. But is there a reason why you don't rebrand yourself so that it is easier for users to? Get where they're you're coming from, you know, you're like how to do stuff well dot com or something like that, and so that it does become more memorable. Like as an, as a a slightly different example, but somewhat similar, the rip off report, right? You visit rip off report, you remember that. Like, is there a reason why you don't rebrand yourself in that way to become more obvious to the general market? Mostly fear. <laughs> fear is the main reason we haven't done that. Uh, fear of the unknown. Fear of the uh, 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 what 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 new web um, what new name do we become, and is that any different? Like how much different is that than what we're, we are today? So if, uh, we'll make up a name and then assign what that means, or is it better for us to be a site that's in? Would we still have the the market strength that we have today if we had 700 different sites? I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Um, I, at the same time, I, I often I, I think about like the, some of the previous one, people who have come before us to do what we're doing, such as about.com. Uh, I think that they got a, a different type, um, and they, do, they have a nice site too. They have a different approach to it, uh, where it's where it is subdirectories for everything. Um, but we just haven't. Uh, it's like in in the problem set of what do we do to continue to grow the model, that hasn't become one of those one of those things it hasn't become one of those man we should really go through that pain to achieve a connection with our users even though <laughs> ironically we invest in, we have full-time usability people on our team so i guess that's kind of ironic that we aren't willing to change yet the name of the company the name of the site uh, but that's a big move right i mean that's a, that's a, i mean and bill gates has talked about with microsoft that they've they've had to bet the farm uh, numerous times um, and that you know they could have lost everything, but you know in hindsight of 2020 it all worked out. Like that is effectively a bet the farm move for you because if you rename and then something happens and you lose all your search rankings or you know that kind of stuff, then you're screwed. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we have this huge responsibility to our members. 
And just think about it for a moment. We have 300,000 people counting on us to not screw this up. <laughs> you know, they, they've invested literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours uh, over the years uh, to, to lose. Boy, <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's the fear is, is letting them down uh, because they they do it, this site's for them as well. I, mean, I, I never I didn't share the story with you about how I want to be a rock star, but I didn't get any. You know, I didn't get any of the rock star looks. I don't have the voice. I can't play an instrument. But the reason I want to be a rock star was because I wanted to provide value for millions of people at one time. Uh, and this, this site is that platform so that I can do that, so that our people can do that. But then everyone else comes and, and joins in with it. So it's really, despite that, I guess I do have the authority to change and take the risk. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think the risk right now is too great uh, for, the, for the damage to the, to the well, our 80 full-time people, uh, as well as the 300,000 people that uh, count on us to not screw it up. We, we do, we it's not, I'm, I'm just the interviewer, so it's not my place to comment, but I will anyway. I would challenge you that it wouldn't be the right move. Yeah, all right. So, you know, so you, you, you get, it's worth, your advice is so worth what, what you saying, pay for. Adrian, so what you're saying is we should go after the uh, million we – should, we should say, you know what, stop focusing on your 300,000 members who count, <laughs> who are the experts in these different niche markets, and focus more of your attention on what to do the million people who search for your site every day, what do they need? Is that, I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Um, potentially. The way I'd look at it is um, I don't think your layout and your um, domain are adding value. I think they're potentially even detracting value. Um, I think if you were to reposition yourself and, and make the site look, uh, change the layout, that it would then be adding more value to your your one million uniques per month per day and that then the resulting traffic would reflect that. And so you might end up with 2 million uniques a day. Like that's the sort of stuff that over a period of three to six months could double your business. All right. Because well. you, would, you would have a higher perceived value. Because when I look at e-zine articles right now, it's just that, you know, I'm one guy and I'm one perspective and, you know, I live in the Caribbean and so, you know, all, I'm, all the, the perspectives I give are a little different. Um, but that would just, that's how I would, that's how I, I I would see as a way that you could you could grow the business. Yeah. All right. No, I appreciate that. Uh, it's uh, I, p part of me says, you know what? It's kind of cool that we are below the radar, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I, how? So now we please these members. Now we please these the the million that visit us every day, differently, so that they remember where they came. They're proud to have visited. I mean, I mean they want to share that with their friends, and they are. We've got the social media tools, but. We also have to find a way to continue to, to attract the 300,000 that we hope becomes 400,000, 500,000, a million experts in all these different niche markets. Well, and, that's, and, and if, it, if it was my business that way, you know, and again, I'm the interviewer, so I should probably shut up, but I'll just say this and then we should move on. Um, I'd be heading in the direction of demand media and I'd be generating content. <laughs> yep. Wink, wink. Looking at that for the future. Okay. Uh, I've been telling that for uh, quite some time. Uh, in fact, the uh, uh, our future expansion plans uh, call for full time. We we don't have any writers on our team right now. Well, we do have a full time. I guess we have one writer who writes uh, for our newsletter and blog and assists there. But we don't have writers. We don't currently have writers in the content. Uh, but we also have that unique perspective that we know how much content it takes to cr attract traffic uh, and what it costs to acquire, edit, manage uh, that content. Uh, and I guess I'm just telling you to go and be demand media, but you know that. So maybe you know you you have your own way. It's just it seems like you've figured out a lot of that model already. Like, man, if, you know, if, if you don't have the the funds to go and like do a lot of that stuff yourself, like you could almost raise capital, pour pour, and be like, you, you've already got a nice little fire burning, and pour a bunch of capital on it, and maybe it could be something that you could really blow it up. Yeah. No, we've we've had. Uh, uh, I have an extensive list of VCs who would like to uh, participate. Uh, and we've been saying no to them for quite some time, mostly because we couldn't figure out what to do with their cash. Uh, mm. Like, how, how do we, uh, how do we not? It, it, there's value, I think, to being a non-VC funded uh, enterprise, and because I've, I've done that in the past. I did raise a million and a quarter back in '98, '99, uh, and I later bought out the uh, minority partner. And so this this one right now is not VC funded, but I think that the chance to raise 
couple hundred million dollars is a possibility, but yet, <laughs> what do you do with that cash? You know, it's it's a huge responsibility uh, because it's not gifted. You know, it's not gift money. It's money that has to really significantly create return. Well, you use that, you use that to become um, to become like a man media because you've already, it sounds like you've already got a lot of it, that there. And then, but you know, I'm behind the curve, and that's not my core business. So I, I'm you know, I'm probably giving you advice that's you know two years yep. too late, but. Um, Anyway, I'm, I'm interested to know about um, your thoughts on contextual advertising and how well that works for you. And, I mean, obviously, it is working pretty well. Um, what kind of stuff you've tried, what's worked and what hasn't, and all that sort of thing? Uh, well, we don't really generally share, but what I can share is that uh, we run a couple hundred concurrent tests on a continuous basis. Uh, and so our objective is how can we deliver the not only the most targeted ads, but how can we deliver the, the fewest number of ads per article to get the maximum yield from that article without distracting from our members getting their maximum yield from the, the traffic? So we, so we monitor those 200,000 clicks going out the door every day to our members, and we want to continue to see that rise in proportion to traffic. But we also want to say, okay, when, when sometimes, member, sometimes an article will get uh, a huge um, ad click-through, but it'll get a low member click-through, or the reverse happens, where a member will get 30% click-through rate on a continuous basis, and the uh, ads won't perform the same. And so we, we, we look at not only the geotargeting of it all, but the uh, uh, we've tested images as well, and those kind of failed in a lot of respects. Uh, we find that our members are very text-oriented. Here's an interesting data point. Uh, we're testing a lot of uh, iPhone uh, interface. We have... Uh, Last month, a little over, I think it was a little over uh, half a million visitors uh, came to our site last month on an iPhone. Some things that people could test where they can see what we're doing. Um, <laughs> you can, you could just rip off kind of the, the basic concept that we've done. Uh, but we have a, uh, a relationship with Google and others um, that allow us to test things that uh, don't work. And sometimes we, usually we, we see them six months before the rest of the market sees. Uh, and that those partnerships are important, um, but I'm not sure what we're looking for. Like, hey, do this, and you'll improve your improve your ad sense. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just in, I mean, you obviously know about a lot about monetization of content, and so I'm interested to see basically what you're running is Google AdWords. I mean, or Google AdSense. So that's is that basically the gold standard? Yeah, that that is still the uh, gold standard. Uh, I, I think that there it's gold. It's it's the perfect alignment for what we're doing today. However, if you had a niche site that only had one one specific category of topic, then it might not be the only. It might not be the right. Uh, it might be a A lot of people think AdSense is supplemental uh, supplemental advertising, meaning it's for when you have nothing else to fill, uh, and you run AdSense, and that and that makes good sense. I think that if we didn't have 700 different markets that we were in, that AdSense wouldn't um, be as great of a player with us than it is today, because uh, the real money I think in advertising are the display ads. <laughs> The image ads, the video ads, the ads that are not text uh, have a lot, lot greater revenue per thousand impressions. Uh, we don't run a lot of those because, well, we're largely text-based, and speed, we're speed-obsessed. We want to deliver a fast user experience, uh, and display ads don't deliver that. Uh, so, if a person, if I want to maximize my revenue yield, though, and we were not a general site in all these different markets, uh, I would definitely have a I, I probably wouldn't have as great a uh, use for it. We wouldn't be with AdSense as much as we are. Uh, it was just the right. It was the right. Tool. What about I mean CPA offers or anything like that? Those because I've heard that when guys have pulled off AdSense and put on CPA offers, they've their revenues have gone up like times ten. Is that not the case yeah. for what you're doing? And that happened. We did that with Google, in fact. Uh, we've done it without Google both. In 2006 and 7, we did extensive CPA ad testing. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, we had all those great stories, 10 times revenue, right? And then it disappeared. <laughs> uh, it it uh, came and went really fast. Uh, and so it's it's not okay to have a, a jump in revenue and not be able to sustain that jump. Uh, but, but we, I don't think you can ever stop testing, though, which is what we're doing. But now. what you're saying is that Google's model is powerful because they have the most advertisers, and because they have the most advertisers, they're going to be able to generate the overall highest cost per click. So that means their overall model of what they're doing with AdSense is extremely defensible. It is. It, 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 it continues to be, uh, and despite Yahoo trying, which in case they've kind of failed now, they shut off their Yahoo publisher network, uh, and Bing, of course, is trying, uh, and Contera as well as Chitika and others in the market are also 
uh, we're testing with all these people, uh, next up for Yahoo, because Yahoo's, Yahoo, we have Yahoo ads on our site indirectly, um, via Chitika and via Kintera. Uh, but that's going to be Bing soon, I guess. So that's converting because they're kind of playing dead, I think, or something. They're not, they're kind of not taking, they're not driving that same, uh, model. They're, uh, so, but from a, um, if you were again not in a general, if you didn't have millions of articles on your site, uh, and you were more in a specific one niche, maybe perhaps AdSense wouldn't be the right thing for you. But if you are, if you do have a lot of different content that is more middle to long tail, the more esoteric stuff, then AdSense is still. Uh, how how else do you aggregate? What is it? Uh, I don't know how many current advertisers they have with AdWords, but I, I know it's over uh, half a million. Uh, it's it's got to be in excess of 500,000 ad, AdWords advertisers. And you, you've done a lot of testing. I mean, because I'm looking at a page right now, Why Choose and Old Town Kayak. And um, I'm seeing, I think, 16 ads on the page. Like, that's almost seems to be more. That's, I think Google runs Google will run between, what is it, 10, 10 and up to maybe 13 ads on, on, a, on a search result. So you, if you're running 16 on, on one page, like, this is more than Google runs. So do, do you get higher revenues with more ads? Uh, yes and no. Um, you probably, you know, in fact, when I looked, I'm looking at an article right now that has kayak in it, um, and I'm seeing Wisconsin-based kayak ads, and also the number of ads that we run is proportionate to the number of words in the article. So a 250-word article is going to see a lot fewer ads than a 1,200-word article. Or four, this one has 409 words. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yes. That generally more ads means more revenue, but then there's also user experience. So, right. And, and we, we, we determine and measure user experience by bounce rate and do they keep coming back? Uh, mm-hmm. And then as well, do our, is for us in, in our business, we have to make sure that is our member, is that member in that kayak article, are they still getting a, a 2 to 12% click through rate? Are they still getting our site average or greater? Uh, and if they are, then 16 ads? Okay. I mean, so the not, typical click-through rate is is two percent. That's is that click-through to the article source? Uh, yeah, the, the average article receives a two to twelve percent average click-through rate. So it's ever like I think yours were at six percent. So you're right smack in the middle. Uh, it, it's everywhere between. Uh, some get as high as uh, seventeen to thirty percent. Some get as low as one percent. If your click-through rate though is below one percent, then perhaps you're not doing something right. Uh, you're saying at six percent I was average and that's it. Yeah, well, you're above average probably for some people. Um, we have a lot of people at one, one to, you know, one to three percent. Uh, but uh, um, it, it all depends. It depends on the. Now, do you have my feeling? So, what are the ones that are like doing twelve percent or like a twenty percent click through? Yeah. So, so some of those topics are uh, anti-aging or weight loss. Some of them are uh, some mobile cell phone ones. Some of the uh, some of the categories that are uh, about sexuality. We, again, we don't have porn, but we have uh, um, sexual education things. Uh, dating uh, has some of the higher uh, CTR, so like it really depends on the niche that you're running, and not just the uh, not just the topic, that, not just your. It's like so the best article content in a in a niche that doesn't have a t- tr- traditionally high CTR doesn't matter. When, and when you say CTR, what are they clicking on? Because I, like on on why choose an old town kayak, I don't see a link to that guy's site. There's Article source, which goes to the using articles link, is there normally a link to their site as well somewhere? You're probably looking at it. Every article has usually a self-serving, at least one, if not two. We reach recommend two, up to two. Uh, if it doesn't have a self-serving link in there, besides you're on a rare article, it, it, do you see a URL that's not linked up? I'm going. I'm going to another one now. I'm on. Yeah. I'm on uh, how to sharpen your boat building skills. So at one point we had several hundred thousand dead links on our site, and a year ago we said, you know what, it's not a good user experience to deliver a user to a dead link. And so we built huge systems uh, in the back end to help our members figure out if they have dead links and then give them the chance to correct them. And over time, if they don't correct them, eventually we unlink them uh, with no proper notice to the member. Uh, okay, so I'm seeing, because what they've done is they've put the keyword. So at the end of this one, for more information on small boat design, check out the info available online and so this is the URL. So so you're then tracking click throughs to that to that link. So you're giving them the keyword text and then it's click throughs to that link. Yes. 
In fact, I'm looking at the same article right now. It's the July 29 article, Building Made Easy. Is that the one? Or similar? Sharpen Your Boat Building Skills. Okay. By, Jason, by Jacob Bainton. All right. Yeah. So we I don't know the, anything about boats, so this is rather hilarious to read this. But, yeah, yeah I mean. We tracked the click-through the same way that the search engines tracked the click-through, where we, we watch for the hover, we watch for the click, uh, and we record it um, so that we know. How do you track that? You track it with JavaScript, right? Yes. Very tricky. You know, it's good. It's good data because it doesn't. It shows that you're not being tracked. Like the user doesn't know that they're being tracked, um, but we have to know. It's kind of. And does Google track clicks that way as well? Because I've seen Google do URL rewriting, but do, yeah. do they actually use JavaScript to track clicks on their site? Our system is very similar to how the generally the search engines yeah, do track click through. It's it's a, it's now. I'm not even sure it's proprietary. I think it's pretty open standards way of doing it. Uh, we just don't do it um, the obvious way where you change the URL rewrite because our members still want to get – we have a no-follow rule on the article body, but we allow do-follow in the resource box. So members think that we deliver PageRank or they think we deliver search engine love via that link. And so that's one of the main reasons why we don't article re rewrite the URL because we want the member who thinks that they're getting value to get that perceived value or real value. I don't really know because <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not Google, we're not search engines. But yeah, no follow is still like the, the jury's out on whether that works or not. I think it maybe depends on the site. Anyway, um, we talked about a lot of stuff. Is there anything that you want to tell us about that which we haven't covered? Uh, get started. It's a free membership, right? Love to have a. In fact. Our positioning is, if I can leave people with a thought, is that we want them. We want. Uh, them as free members to our site to think of easingarticles.com as their what could become their largest non-search engine refer of traffic of free traffic and traffic that doesn't just come when you buy it meaning comparing us to buying clicks uh, this is traffic that comes year after year after year because we keep on getting people who say you know what that article I wrote for you in 2005 it just made me 200 grand and landed me a speaking gig or a consulting gig or a commercial or something that you know, works for their business so it's evergreen content that delivers traffic year after year after year after year so it's not it's something that they should think of this is a long-term strategy, not a, like, do you advertise your business once or do you advertise your business every month, every quarter, every year? Well, in article writing and, and this whole article marketing concept that we do, it's something you want to do on a continuous basis, not just once. Because those who mm. do it just once really aren't going to see the spoils from fully engaging the concept. And mm. then once you get the traffic coming, because you've submitted, let's say, 100 or 250 articles, it's really difficult to stop that traffic. In fact, you, then that's the point when we start saying, okay, now let's talk about your multi-year future so that you start thinking about how to rewrite your own URLs so that when you change your business, you can continue to track, trap that lost traffic. Yeah, right. Because it happens. People people are doing something different today than when they started with us, if, even if that's two years ago. Uh, and you, you don't want to deliver your good name out in the market and then send them to a dead site because your business failed or because you changed what you're doing. And so we want to help people to recapture that that uh, value. Right. Cool. Well, Chris, thanks very much for doing the interview. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adrian.